You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. We would be honored if you would join us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Damn Dolphins Podcast. The Damn Dolphins Podcast. The Damn Dolphins Podcast. I am Madman Mike, here with my good friend Robbie T, Duff Rob, T-Bone, Mr. Plow, whatever he wants to be called now. I'm not really sure. I'm just experimenting with multiple names, but yeah, I'm trying to go by Mr. Plow. Yeah, Mr. Plow. I want I want a I want a license plate said M R P L O D. Shoveling shoveling all that snow in Miami, Florida. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, the big snow problem. Exactly. Yep. Not the natural kind though. Well, kind of is, I guess. You may dispense with the pleasantries, Commander. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, we haven't gone through our uh, we haven't done an episode doing the entirety of the Dolphins' notable moves in free agency and how we feel about them. Our last episode, we were very frustrated with Chris Greer's moves up until that point because me and Rob were looking around and we're like, we see all these teams making these great deals and great trades and great moves to pick up these like stud star football players and add them to their teams. And we were looking around and we were just like, when's the Dolphins going to do something like that? And then... The next day, after we, we after we like uploaded our podcast, uh, just like hating on Chris Greer and everything, and be like, man, does he have the balls to make any moves? Then he finally like made a move for Tyreek Hill. They signed Taron Armstead, so we got an amazing top five wide receiver that Tua can throw to to add to the wide receiving core. And we also got an elite tackle that played for the Saints, whose only issue is his durability. But hopefully this will be like the planets aligning for this season, and hopefully he can stay healthy throughout the season. Give Tua a good left tackle because we didn't draft a good left tackle. We don't know what a couple drafting, years ago. We don't know what drafting tackles are unless it was Jake Long. Even he broke down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, last time we recorded, um, we were, we, it was actually that same day, funny enough. We recorded that episode, Talking Smack, and then we signed Taron Armstead. And then a few days later, the big trade and the big signing of um, extension. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it got us really excited because we were like, this is what we need. This this is the move, or those two are the moves that are going to get us into the playoff conversation, which we are now, I feel. Playoffs? Because I think it, we leapfrog literally over the Jets. We were always better than the Jets. Let's not kid ourselves. And then yep. we leapfrogged over the legendary Patriots who used to control that division. So now on paper. Patriots, really? Yeah. So now on paper, it looks like we are the number two team in the AFC East. It's a very competitive conference. So, it, I mean, yeah. it's a very competitive conference, and we're going to need to, like, if we can, win the division over the Buffalo Bills, but that's going to be really hard. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Mm. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I do think that we are definitely – Better. We're definitely better than the Jets. I've heard I've heard stories that free agents aren't even going to New York Jets right now because they have no idea what they see in um, Zach Wilson. <laughs> so like, well, let's be real, Zach Wilson. You know, it's it's so annoying that we criticize Tua. Like I keep hearing the criticisms about Tua, blah blah blah, and all I can think to myself, he did have a better rookie year than Josh Allen and Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson was really bad this year, this rookie year, really bad. Josh Allen wasn't that great either his first year, but but like two years in with Tua, and everybody's like ah, like even after that one year, we only play like half a season, and it's all like ah, we gotta get rid of him. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you guys are idiots. 
That's your IQ, buddy. Zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And like Mac Jones, Mac Jones was like whatever, you know. He was like had a solid rookie season, but I mean, I feel like Tua. I mean, for what he was working with, I mean, I feel like he had, like you know, it wasn't that far off from what Mac Jones had as a rookie year. I still don't buy into Mac Jones. I will never buy into Mac Jones. This is not even New England bias. I don't see anything interesting or special Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is just a, it's just an okay guy who's leaning on a really, really good defense and coaching. And I don't even think that New England team is that good right now. What about uh, what about his in- his intangibles and his uh, you know, in-game meditation periods on the sideline? What? Yeah, he goes into like a blank stare on the sideline, and he just like zones out, and he calls it like his meditation period, and then he goes back on the field, and he, I don't know, he just gets back to work. I don't know. That's just what I heard. Uh, anyway, okay. So I think we're gonna Rob. We're gonna go down the list here, and I'm gonna name you some players that the Dolphins picked up. And you're just going to give me your gist on them. And we're just going to go down the list one by one with these players, okay? Sure. Sure, no problem. All right. So our notable free agent signings, uh, the notable ones, I'm not going to go into all the little little players that probably aren't going to see the field or on special teams. Sorry. No, we, no, we need – the world needs to know about Jordan Scarlett re-signing, damn it. Oh, really? Oh, damn. Dude, that that is notable news right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't even know who that is, but you know, let's let, let we he's on our team. He's like one of our special teamers. Oh, Jordan I love Scarlett. it. Oh yeah, dude, we had a good ma- uh, we, we had a good special teamer last year who who was a, who was the wide receiver captain when we let him go, Matt Collins. Oh yeah. Good old Mac Collins, bro. Yeah, I know. He's a captain. Uh, he's a captain. Man, the Dolphins are gonna rue the day they let go, let him go. <laughs> Jeez. I hate this team sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, all right, so uh, Teddy Bridgewater, QB, gonna be the backup QB. What do you think? There's three quarterbacks on this football team. Whichever one starts, starts. Whichever ones don't, will back him up. Period. Cut and dried. Hey, you need a backup, and. I know we, for whatever reason, have arguments about this, but Tua still has not shown that he's a durable quarterback. So it is good to have a quality backup. And Teddy Bridgewater is a quality backup. And he's a hometown guy, too. Went to Northwestern. Yep. And I think, uh, you know, generally his stats are comparable to Tua's. I think he was like a 20-something ranked uh, quarterback last season. So if you could have a, a starting quarterback that was somewhere in that vicinity as your backup i think when uh if Tua gets hurt you know you got someone who could actually like you know win you some games and we've seen that when he was on the new orleans saints back in the day we've seen Mm -hmm. him go to the you know win some games for the panthers uh you know steady the broncos ship a little bit but it just like you know in the end it's never enough with him so that's why he's a journeyman but you know, he, he's a capable quarterback, doesn't turn over the ball too much, and uh, hopefully we won't, we won't have to see him on the field. Hopefully Tua will be uh, staying healthy and rocking it. All right, next one. Running back, Raheem Mozart. He's part of McDaniel's offense. I, I think Raheem Mozart, I don't think was ever anything special. He was always like a journeyman guy who just happened to excel a lot with the 49ers offense. But it is good to have an experienced back who knows the offense, so at least he'll he'll have some sort of impact right away with us. I still don't really love the hire, but it's a cheap hire, and I mean we got to hand the ball to somebody, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if we're gonna go the route of uh, just picking up running backs and having like that running back committee approach, at least we. This time, we actually get a guy who was in the previous system before and had success, unlike just, like, picking up Matt Braid out of the blue or Jordan Howard out of the blue or, you know, any of those other guys. So, um, yeah, uh, I think the Dolphins had him on the practice squad, like, a couple years ago. I'm going to try to find it. Yeah, back in 2015, uh, they signed uh, Mozart on the, on the practice squad for a little bit. 
Us? And he might have. Oh, it looks like he returned two kicks for 57 yards for the Dolphins during the week two of that year. And then October 13, 2015, he was released by the Dolphins. Let me see if he made another appearance on the Dolphins. Nope. I don't think so. So anyway, most of his success came from the 49ers uh, being the running back with him. Mike McDaniels comes from the 49ers, gets a lot of success for that running game, being the running game coordinator and all that. And, uh, and you know, hopefully Raheem Moser can uh, stay healthy and make some plays for us. All right, going down the list again. Uh, another running back. Running back Chase Edmonds, uh, previously from the Cardinals. What do you think, Robbie? Um, again, it's probably better that we usually had, but forgive me for not loving these selections because the last time Miami picked up a couple of running backs on the cheap in free agency, you know, the Jordan Howard and... Who was that other guy? Matt Breda. Breda, yeah. Uh, so, oh, and uh, what's his name? Oh, my God. From the, from the Rams last year. we He was supposed Cam, to be a short not, yardist. Not Cam Akers. Malcolm uh, Brown. Malcolm Brown. There we go. Um, again, on paper, it sounds like a nice pickup, but none of them have actually worked. You know what it could have worked is that Miami would have, you know, drafted Jonathan Taylor. But no, no, they prefer, they prefer, you know, my favorite player ever, Noe Gunamini, man. That was the right draft pick, bro. Noe Gunamini, man. He's my favorite player. Yeah, and if anybody's listening to our podcast or is a follower of our podcast or is a damn Dolphins disciple, uh, Rob's being sarcastic because me and him both, like, hated the Noah Igmanogany pick. I was skepticizing that uh, right from the get-go, and... Yeah, and uh, you know where is he now? He, he's he's only he's only played for two years. We don't know, barely barely any. Yeah, but but a first but first rounder already in his second year. He's like not even active. He's not even active. He's not even playing special teams. He's just they just don't. He's a scratch. I know, but he's barely played any games. So how do we know? Good good luck, Noah, this year. <laughs> I hope you make the team. He's as clumsy as he is stupid. He will, bro. He's going to be the best player ever. Just I watch. know. He just needs more time. Just needs more time. He's uh, not us. Just, just like, just like Isaiah, was it Isaiah Wilson, I think? Uh, Isaiah Wilson, yeah. Cut from the Titans as a first rounder. Yeah, he's, he's not, not a bust, though. <laughs> he just got cut like <laughs> after his rookie never, season. <laughs> I'll never get old. I'll never get over that. It's, it's 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 so ridiculous how our fan base reacts to some of these players. I know. Right. <laughs> um, go, but uh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Chase Edmonds and Marie Moster, they're nice additions. But I'll say this: I think this offense is so catered to the running game that I do think they'll like, succeed better than whatever offense we were running like during the Brian Flores era. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, for me, my take on it is like I liked uh, I like Chase Edmonds. I think uh, you know you could use him in different ways. You could line, you know, he could come out of the backfield, catch some passage. You could line him up in the slot. Um, he's he's got good vision as a runner in between the tackles too. Uh, again, uh, you, you know, ideally you want that like franchise running back. Uh, these guys aren't it, but. Uh, McDaniel, hopefully he, hopefully he's got a vision and he knows how to use his uh, different personnel moves in different situations, and you could get something out of that. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, you know, seeing what the Dolphins have done going running back by committee ever since Jay left, it, it hasn't really worked. But I, I, I don't know, like fourth times the charm, fifth times the charm. I don't know, I, I don't know where you want to go with it. But at this point, but uh, they're two good players. They're two solid players that could, that have had some productivity with their previous teams. All right. Mm-hmm. So next on the list, wide receiver Cedric Wilson. Um, from the Cowboys. Cowboys do, do for the most part has drafted very well wide receivers. Um, we got him on a nice deal. It was like the number, I think the third or the fourth option, but. It was a very talented, like, receiving core, so. So, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's a weapon for Tua. 
can't go wrong with adding some more um, firepower on the air. And yeah, it's a nice again, got a nice deal. So I can't complain about that. Yeah, this offense is going to be, it's just going to be like surrounded by like yak receivers because, you know, Tua, as much as I like him, I can't say he has the strongest arm. I think he's going to do some like short intermediate stuff. And then when he has the, the right looks, he's going to chuck one deep downfield. Uh, so Cedric Wilson, previously coming from the Cowboys, I think if I remember correctly, it literally took like Michael Gallup getting injured for Cedric Wilson to start filling in on the field. Um, he did make some plays, but I mean, also when you're playing behind guys like Amar, Amari Cooper, CD lamb, and then Michael Gallup, like there's only corner, there's only so many cornerbacks, uh, that the opposing defenses have on the other side that, you know, like if you have some guys like this, you know, your one and two are going to be on what Amari Cooper, CD lamb, maybe Michael Gallup. And then, and then who, who's going to be covering Cedric Wilson, you know, a lot of teams don't have the luxury of, uh, uh, you know, secondary players like the Dolphins do with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones and Nick Needham covering everybody. But, um, yeah, Cedric Wilson, you know, he's obviously made some plays, had some plays with runs after the catch, got open deep, I believe, on a couple of them, had a handful of touchdowns. So as your third receiver, uh, it, you know, it, it's fine. You know, I, I really wanted them to overhaul overhauled that whole receiving core anyway so yeah uh the big one Tyreek Hill the big one I mean when when to run arms that'd be technically the big one because he's the bigger guy <laughs> yeah I guess so uh, um yes yeah, so the electrifying Tyre- signing I guess you could say Tyreek Hill um definitely a big time surprise wasn't did not even knew he was he was a target of us but to give to give the rundown of what's going on in case fans don't know details. Seems after the Devontae Adams trade, Tyreek Hill wanted a new bigger deal. He wanted to be the highest paid player, the highest paid wide receiver. And it just it just seemed like him in Kansas City just couldn't agree on something. So he wanted to see if he can get traded somewhere that'll give him the the amount he wanted. It was going down to us and the Jets, and I I don't I don't know if we gave them a better deal than the Jets did because from what it sounds like the Jets did offer one of those top picks I think the tenth pick, but I guess maybe a good faith for Tyreek Hill they gave him a chance to pick his choice and he chose to go to Miami because yeah of course you pick Miami when the weather's better and to. Um, the team is just better right now. So, um, I think he's got a house down here. His girlfriend lives down here or something like that. Something like that, too. Uh, yeah. But now, it's a great trade for us. I, it was, you know, that's what you do. You got to make big moves like those. When you, have, when you have the quarterback on the rookie salary, dude, that is the best. That's the all-time commodity. That is the best commodity in the NFL. The rookie, the quarterback on the elite quarterback on the rookie contract, because you're paying him in nothing, so you can literally buy a team around you, and that's what great GMs and great teams do. They, they once they find their guy, who still you remember you don't you're not paying him for five years, you build a great roster around them, and Miami at least did that by giving him one of the most electric weapons in the league. And add, combine that with one of the best tackles in the league, which we really needed. Because I do look, Tua is, doesn't have the physical tools a, a, um, a Josh Allen or a Justin Herbert have, but I do think he is more cerebral than we think. But it's so hard to really show his cerebralness when you have like a receiving core that keeps getting hurt and. An offensive line that just cannot block for him because he's always got a dude in his face. We were one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Jesse Davis was one of the was the worst blindside tackle in the league. And credit to Miami, they did exactly what they needed to do. They fixed up the left side completely. So we have Connor Williams and we have Teron Armstead now directing his left. We still have Robert Hunt as right guard, who, who has shown to be re- very good. Like he's definitely will still be our right guard. 
And I guess they're just going to hope for the best that either Austin Jackson or Lee Eikenberg figure it out. No matter what, we did invest in some high picks on them. So one of those two have to figure it out. They better, you know, if they want to continue getting a paycheck, one of those two better get something done. And we'll probably have to address the center in the draft. And as for the trade itself, we gave up the first pick this this year, the 49ers pick. That's the first pick, the 49ers, which is like the 28th, 29th pick. Uh, second round pick, a fourth round pick, and a fourth round pick next year, and a sixth round pick next year. I know that sounds like a lot of picks, but when you really think about it, all we really did was gave up a low first rounder, a second rounder, and a fourth rounder. Who who really cares about the fourth rounder next year and the sixth rounder? Especially who cares about the sixth rounder? Honestly, who really cares? And and you know, you might say it was a high price and all that. I don't know. I granted, yeah, it was a lot of picks, but you know, sometimes if you want you want that luxury class, you just got to pay a little bit more, honestly. And that's what Miami did. And to be honest with you, we're talking about a team that two years ago literally had three first round picks, and all three of them either look like complete bust or major underachievers. So offense to it. But you know, let me let me let me not degenerate to it like that because let's say let's let's just say he has not been the worst of those three first round picks. Because again, we like everybody will say, oh draft picks, blah blah blah. You should dra-. like and I've I've and I've talked to people about that and argue about that. And this is my honest opinion. Draft picks mean nothing if you do not know how to draft with those draft picks. Simple as that. Because we just saw, no, again, no equanimity. Literally was not even active for most of the year. I think he was only active for like four games. He was a healthy scratch in like 13 out of the 17 games we played, bro. A healthy scratch. He wasn't injured. There was no injury report on him. He was not. He was not on the field because the coaches thought he sucked that much that him being on the field would be a liability. Okay. And let me, let me point out, he was the twenty eighth, twenty ninth pick in that when we drafted him. I will gladly give up that pick for a Tyreek Hill any day, any time, anywhere, any year, any era. Perfectly said. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Tyreek Hill, love him. Uh, with the whole Deshaun Watson stuff about the, you know, uh, it's all the Deshaun Watson stuff about, you know, civil lawsuits with the women alleging he did this and that. And, you know, I'm sure there's some truth to all of that. I just don't see that many women coming after you. Tyreek Hill Hill has had his own domestic problems in the past. Um, Ever since the Chiefs uh, got him and drafted him, it seems like those days are behind him because I think I read that he he got thrown into, like, counseling. And he's been – so far, he's been – ever since then, he's been uh, relatively a model teammate, a hard worker, a leader. They talk about how his personality is infectious to that locker room. And, uh, you know, he makes it fun. And, you know, he had he, he said all the right things in his press conference, you know, praise to his accuracy and ball location. And he said, just get my, you know, pretty much just get the ball in his hands and he could take off and do something for you. So you don't even have to run deep. And uh, he, you know, he really liked Mike McDaniel, how he connected with him. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's he's the top five wide receiver, and we got a quarterback that has some nat- good natural instincts uh, for playing the position. So I'm sure it's going to – I'm sure it's going to go well for us. You know, it's not going to be like Mahomes-esque level, but, you know, it's definitely an upgrade, and we're going to we're gonna see how much they can do. I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, all right, next one on the list. Dying position, fullback Alec Ingold. What do you think, Robbie? People still use fullbacks. Yeah, well, in this <laughs> offense, there we're going to we're gonna like you know, but ever since McDaniel's uh, got here, he talked about like 
you know, uh, valuing the trenches and, you know, giving to a run game. And, you know, if he's going to play the outside zone scheme that he used to back on the 49ers, they they used this fullback uh, named uh, Kyle Juszczyk for many years, who's a multi, yeah. multi-time pro bowler leading the way on those blocks. And uh, uh, the Dolphins got one from the Raiders, who had some decent numbers by pro football focus. So they're going to use a fullback. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, I get it. It's that's the offense they use. Fullbacks like not existent. Like okay, like <laughs> like what do you want me to say? Like yeah, it's I, I don't even know who this guy is honestly. Yeah, I know, plays I a know. position though. No one does. No, I'm sure. Again, I'm sure he'll be a nice addition to an offense that that relies on the fullback. You know, we'll see how it works. Yeah, uh, but, he's, he he had a you know he had some decent numbers on PFF. Um, you know, solid numbers. Uh, he's going to be a fullback, so I mean, who knows how often he's going to get the ball anyway? Maybe in short yardage situations, maybe on the goal line. Uh, but overall, uh, you know, we just need someone to lead the way and just you know, yeah, just use that. You be the lead, ta- be the lead blocker in some of those power runs. Uh, so yeah, yeah, you know. It's not it's not very interesting, but it's key for what they want to do. All right, so uh, offensive guard, Connor Williams. Probably going to be our left guard because it just makes sense. He's been playing left guard. Just put him in that left guard. Why yeah. Why ruin a good thing? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I mentioned, yeah, uh, great, great pickup. Fixes the line. The deflector shield. Fixes the left side of the – like, again, the left side is good. We have a really good left side now. It's really the center and the right tackle situation that we need to address. And clearly, they didn't make any moves in the center. I know that center from Cleveland is still out there, and I don't think anybody picked him up. Um, I don't know if we have the money left to even get him. But, I mean, the only thing is that now we only have four draft picks in this pa- in this draft, so, you know, they better be pretty smart at what they're getting. So, mm-hmm. because... Because right now, I know I know linebacker and center are like the two big positions that needs to be addressed. So we'll see what's up. Well, I I just saw something interesting. Uh, the I think I think the last year our numbers for our defense in regards to how much like uh, cap we're investing into them, like salary and cap that we're in, uh, investing mm-hmm. into them was like I think a hundred million. And the offense was seventy million. Now I see here that the offense is a hundred million, and the defense is ninety-two million. So it's like, yeah, now we're finally investing in the offense a little bit. Yeah, whoop de doo, finally. I mean, why does it take so long? Um, where were we? I got sidetracked a little bit. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Connor Williams, like the signing, success as a cowboy. 15 penalties last year, not too worried about that because uh, through, throughout his years as a Cowboy, uh, he only had a, like maybe a handful each year as a Cowboy, and his PFF grades since he's been a rookie have gone up and up and up. Uh, I think I think the penalties come from uh, – I, I don't think they're really anything to worry about. I think that just comes from a Cowboys unit that was led by Mike McCarthy – not really disciplined, just maybe playing without discipline. And, you know, so, so, sometimes you're just going through a rough patch as a team and an offense, and some of those things just start happening. Um, I wouldn't expect that to be a problem on the Dolphins because it's not really a main part of his history. It's just kind of an outlier of what he's done his entire career. And, uh, you know, it, it, like like Rob said, we don't. I don't think we have to worry about the offensive line on the left side anymore, uh, barring injury. Center, center, right tackle are the problem, and definitely, yep, especially uh, center because I do, especially center because we really don't have anything in center. The right tackle, at least you do have two guys that could at least compete. Uh, yeah, um, but what 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 you were saying about uh going after that center from the Browns? I forgot I forgot his name. J C Treader, I think. J C Treader, yes. Uh, the Dolphins, according to this, have twenty million left in cap space. Uh. I know you want to save some of that for the draft. They're not; they don't have a first and second round pick this year, and so 
it's not like you're really investing that much cap space into the draft anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can send, sign a guy like J.C. Treader uh, on a on a decent deal. That's not gonna you know blow up the remaining cap space. Maybe you sign him for like eight ten million. Hopefully, I know he's an older player in in his thirties. I think his young his uh, his younger thirties. So maybe you could do that, and uh, that way you get a center for two, man. And then we don't. We, then we could just worry about the right tackle situation. Either hopefully Liam Eikenberg can at least develop into a right tackle. That would be mm-hmm. very nice. The force is with him. Yeah, from what I what I hear, I know Liam Eikenberg had did not have a good rookie year, but from what I've been hearing, they are still very high on him, and their minds. Unlike I mentioned, I've, I'm sure I've not mentioned this in the show before. He, for the three years he was the left tackle for Notre Dame, he did not allow a single sack. Remember, this is Notre Dame football, so you you know you're playing against good competition. Mm-hmm. So their idea is that if the reason why he was struggling might have been more about the coaching than his actual talents, because they again he's one of those because they do believe they do think he's got a high ceiling. It's just. Let's face it, we did not have any, like, especially on the offensive side of the ball. The coach in the offensive side of the ball was not good at all. Mm-hmm. The deflector shield. Yeah. And then, uh, I wouldn't, you know what? I wouldn't put it out of uh, the realm of possibility that maybe Solomon Kinley is still in the mix to play guard at some point. I think from what I heard, he just got too heavy hmm. and the coach just kind of like soured on him. Because I guess I maybe he was like maybe a little bit slow in his movements. I, I mean, I don't know that for sure. It's just what I've heard listening to like other Dolphins podcasts. Yeah, uh, that that's kind of like the rumor. That's kind of you know that was you know my my guess. Uh, so you're basically last year saying when you I got, was watching him in training camp. You're basically saying he might have gone in the doghouse like as soon as he as soon as training camp started. Yeah, because that was really weird. Because he was our starting guard last the year prior and. For whatever reason, he just wasn't part of the starting lineup at all throughout most of the year, which is so odd. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna di- I'm gonna try to dig more into that and see, uh, you know what that deal was. I'm gonna ask uh, certain people that I'm connected to about that one. Um, oh my guy, my guy's connections. Yeah, my <laughs> my connections. I, I just you know I, I they're they're just lucky. They're just lucky connections that I've just happened to fall into. All right. Uh, Taron Armstead, love it again. Uh, yeah, Probably. I don't know, Robbie. Probably. Your your thoughts on Taron Armstead? I mean, I pretty much explained it already, but yeah, best. Um, probably the best signing of them all. Uh, position of dire need. We get an elite level tackle. I know he's on the little on the older side. I know he's had some injury issues, but he's super talented. We had to pay somebody. Uh, we were not uh, clearly drafting. And the draft has not been working. You might as well just get a known commodity in a one in probably the most important position outside a quarterback. And let's face it, we have a rec, we have a we have a precedence that did show that if you give Tua time, Tua could be as deadly accurate as any quarterback out there. And I think he's I actually think I'm telling you, man, I think I'm telling you, man, I think Tua is a little more cerebral. He is not going to beat you with his physical tools because he doesn't really have that much physical tools. I think we could agree about that. But I think, man, just give him a little bit of time, and I think he can outbeat anybody with just his accuracy, his intangibles. I, like again, I I think he's, I, I again, I think this offense, I think they're clearly showing. At least they're show. At least I'll give Miami this. They're at least now showing. Hey, we're gonna invest in this guy. We got They have to see if he's the guy. Again, remember we have two first-round picks next year, and that could be ammunition of either getting a high-level prospect quarterback, or if we do think two is the man, then you give him some more stuff to build around. But you gotta find out, all right? We 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 have to find out because. Remember, this is this is this is a different era we live now. These quarter, these first round guys, they only got like a few years. They only get like a two years, you know. But it's just, it's just that like it's, it's we gotta know. We have to know. Look, you cannot be in denial of what you have. And again, and I always said this: if they really did not like Tua, 
then you make that move for Deshaun Watson a long time ago. It, it, but it does sound like it seems like it was a Brian Flores thing. It looks like Brian Flores was the one that was basically the anti-Tua of that locker room, of that organization. And I felt kind of felt bad for him because, again, Tua, I always felt like Tua was just like, I felt like unlike Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow where those organizations welcomed them in open arms and never felt that way with us with Tua. And that's not good. It doesn't matter who what quarterback you have. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're not if you're not like if you're only just drafting him just because an owner wants you to or there was nothing else out there and you're just taking him just because like dude, this is this is this is, this is a quarterback position. This is the most important position in this sport. The most important position of all the sports. You can't you can't mess this up. If you're drafting him because you really believe that he is going to be the guy for the next ten to fifteen years, that's gonna help lead you to the promise man at some point. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Taron Armstead, just getting a little bit deeper into it uh, from 2018, 2019 and 2020, he's made a pro bowl, which is very interesting because he, in, you know, in 2017, he missed like six games, 2018. It looks like he missed six games. 2019, he missed one game. 2020 missed two, and then this past year in 2021, he only played in uh, eight games with eight starts, so we missed a lot of time there too. Hopefully, we aren't getting a guy that's going to miss eight games. Like, you know, 15, 14, yeah, maybe we could get by with that. But, uh, you know, like I I always found it funny. Like, Lyle Collins was on the market too. He got a three-year, $30 million contract from the Bengals and from what I remember reading was that the Dolphins didn't even make him an offer or didn't reach out to him because they were so prioritized on getting Taron Armstead and you know he got like a decent deal too but man if you just dished out like maybe like two or three million dollars a year each you could have probably got a more healthier player and a more younger player who plays the majority of the time so I still, I still like the move though. I I think Teron Armstead is probably a high. I think Teron Armstead is a better overall player. I get what you're saying. Yeah, but he's been this way. But the problem with him is that he's he's missed games throughout his entire career. He hasn't played one healthy season since 2013. That's that's the thing. It's like you're getting a guy, but you're also kind of, you know, the history's telling you he is what he is. That's that's the problem. But I mean, when he when he's good and he's healthy, he'll ta- toss around guys like ragdolls. So, yeah. Still with me, Robbie? It's, yeah, I'm still here. No, I, I, like I said, bro, I'm I'm all in on Turner Armstead. I'm perfectly fine with it. Look, if it was going to be us paying him all that money, it was going to be another team. No, he was going to get paid a lot of money. He was too. He's too good of a player in a really important position out there in the market. That was his market. That was his value. That was his market value, and we were the team that. Really, really needed him. Probably had the most to offer to him, and it made the most sense. It was a match made in heaven. Yeah. Don't get me. I don't know about made in heaven, but yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it's just it's 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 just a move where it's just like I'm I'm bracing myself for things to go south. It, it's just one of those things. Um, moving on. I mean, I hope you know, like it's fantastic player though. Um, moving on, punter Thomas Morstead. 13-year veteran, Morstead is 36 years old, played previously uh, the last two seasons for the New York Jets and the Atlanta Falcons. His career punt average is 46.6. Robbie, your thoughts on our the Dolphins punter situation last couple years up until now? I'm still trying to figure out how expensive it is to kept freaking Matt Hawk. I said freaking. Um, like it's a punter. How 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 much salary are there? How much salary do they take, where teams have to cut like punters and kickers? You know what I'm saying? You know, you need a punter or and a kicker in your roster, right? Are you, do you have to be that cheap that we have to let let go of Matt Hawk, who was a really good punter with us, who's with the Bills now, to pick up a Mike Pilardi and now this guy? 
This guy's probably better than Pilardi. Pilardi really wasn't that good last year. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we need a punter. You need to. You need a. Someone has to kick the ball. Someone has to punt the ball. So. Yeah. It'll, it'll probably be a better upgrade than Pilardi. But, I don't know. Dolphins, I think, um, was not impressed with the their puncher situation. I think they should have just locked up Matt Hawk. But. They should have. Instead, they invested in Mike Pilardi, who was coming off like a broken leg or something like that, right? Something like that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I, I would have just stuck with Matt Hawk. I thought he was doing a good job downing balls inside the, you know, the, inside the 20, inside the 10. Uh, I thought he was good at that. I mean, I mean, ha, ha, like, what's what's top dollar for, for a good punter in the league anyway? I mean, does it, like you said, it doesn't really affect your cap space? Can't you just pay him like five, six million a year and just be done with that but apparently not i mean i don't even know i don't, I don't even know what the, the real rates are for a punter i'd have to dig deeper into it it's just not on the top of my list i mean yeah just find a good punter and just keep them just keep them booming the leg it's not mm-hmm. like it, it's not like when you're a field goal kicker and and you're you know you, all of a sudden you get in a rut and you start missing field goals mm-hmm. you know just keep your punter just if you could boom the ball and and you know down it accurately inside the 20 and just Keep him. Anyway, so Thomas Morstead, uh, history, he's a little bit older at, at 36, uh, but, you know, you could punt it over like 45 yards. So uh, nothing to get excited about, but we need a punter and we need an upgrade, and uh, hopefully he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear. So mm-hmm. uh, there it is. Uh, our re-signings, we re-signed uh, Preston Williams. Uh, we re-signed uh, Dan. Defensive end, Emmanuel Ogba. We re-signed uh, linebackers, Landon Roberts, Duke Riley, Sam Iguavoen, Brennan Scarlett, and uh, we, we re-signed uh, tight end Durham Smith. Uh, maybe, that's, maybe that's what I think. I kept saying Jordan Scarlett. Is it? So it's Brennan Scarlett. Yeah, it's Brennan Scarlett. Yeah, I mean, okay. the, the, like, I our, everybody's down on our linebacking core, but literally, like, if you look at it the last couple of years, they just want bodies back there, and they just want guys who could they, they could – you know, interchange throughout the field in a situational role. And I mean, our defense has been good. So, you know, they wanted to keep it intact with those, with those personnel guys. And it's, it's, I don't know. It doesn't really bother me. Like I'm not, I'm not like so down on the, our linebackers position as some other people are. I think it's fine. We'll get by with it. We have been getting by with it. So I think it'll be fine. Okay. What do you think? Um, like I said, like, like, as everybody says, our two biggest needs is center and linebacker. I personally think we need to figure out the center because we didn't, we have not had a good center since, uh, Mike Pouncey. So, and, you know, Ted Karras was a pretty decent center, but we let him go and we haven't done anything to fill mm-hmm. that position. We replaced him with Michael Dieter, who I just <laughs> failed. Like I just went on like a just I, I just I just threw a raging fit last uh, like at the start of like last off season with just like Michael Dieter, you're kidding me? Jeez, uh, like I don't know. Just deep down, you know, Michael Dieter, he didn't have that great of a rookie year. Was forgotten in the second year. That's why they had Ted Karras during Michael Dieter's second year. And then all of a sudden, what I'm just supposed to like think that Michael Dieter just is just back to form and is just going to be a starting caliber center in, in his third year out of the blue. I mean, I mean, yeah, he was solid, but, but, but he's just like a bridge spot starter guy, and he even got hurt. Like we we had a, I think we went through like three different like starting centers of this past year. I mean we we need an upgrade there. And I'm serious. You can't just be going by getting by with solid guys now in the NFL. Man, you need some like studs there. Like all the top teams have have some stud O linemen. Mm-hmm. So why outside of, outside of Cincinnati and Cincinnati completely fixed their offensive line in one offseason. Exactly. And they'll probably and they'll probably draft another guy anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we re-signed a uh, wide receiver, Preston Williams. Uh, I like, I like it. I know you had your opinions on him, but my argument is that he's he, we're paying him peanuts. So what are we complaining about? Yeah, last episode I was complaining about Parker Williams, Wilson, Allen Hearns. 
I wanted I wanted the Dolphins to really overhaul that entire wide receiving core. And they um, did. And they and they did and they did you know the they re-signed Preston Williams but essentially Preston Williams ain't gonna be like your main guys now they traded Devontae Parker to the uh, to the New England Patriots Albert Bye Wilson's Parker. a free agent Alan Hearns got cut uh, you know so you're so those guys aren't gonna be your top guys anymore your top guys are gonna be like guys like Hill and Waddle who are definitely established I mean Waddle 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 in his rookie season already had a thousand yards it took Devonte Parker like seven years to do that <laughs> like yep. yeah and not not to mention you know Wilson never had a thousand yards you know I I'll, I'll get into that later this uh, this is this is a they clearly upgraded their wide receiver core I think it is gonna be a really good core I think. This is going to be a wide receiver core that's going to work to this offense. Um, it's it's going to be very interesting. And yeah, Devontae Parker is officially traded. We traded him to New England for a third. We traded him in a fifth rounder for New England's third rounder next year. From what you've told me before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Devontae Parker era is officially over. Uh, it's a lot of disappointments, what ifs, and too many pulled hamstrings. Yep, that's exactly what it is. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I'm fine with the Preston Williams coming back. Really cheap deal. He's going to be like your number three or four in this offense anyway. Uh, you know, he misses games, but, you know, if you're a number three or four wide receiver, you know, missing eight games a season, I mean, it, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't compromise your offense too much. Uh, also, they like I. From what I've heard, they like Williams' like run blocking, his ability to run block. So that's a good sign too. He's also a big receiver, and he could fly by. He, like he looks like a number one. Like when he's out there and he's healthy and things are right, like he looks like a number one. Uh, but he's just got the case of the drops from what we've seen and the injuries. Uh, so, uh, but at least I don't have to heavily invest in him and, and pray to God that all the whole wide receiving core needs to stay healthy <laughs> in order yep. for the Dolphins offense to run functionally. Yep. I agree. Um, okay. Emmanuel Ogba, again, defensive end oodles and oodles of pressures. Uh, I think he, you know, he, he, you know, he's, he's very close to getting double digit sacks. Uh, he's just a really good player. I mean, you need pressures on the quarterback. He, he's been proven to get tons of them. Uh, the Dolphins, I think recently, and uh, recently this past week, I think have been flirting with uh, pass rusher Melvin Ingram. He's older, 32 years old, but he was a monster for the Chargers for nine years. He played six games for the Steelers uh, before requesting a, a trade this past season. Uh because he, uh, he was disgruntled in his role. Uh, the Steelers, going back to like the James Harrison days, mm-hmm. once they drafted T.J. Watt, they started you know sidelining James Harrison a little bit more and more, even though he was a good pass rusher. And you know James Harrison also wanted to trade too. So you know it, it seems like a similar thing. It's just what the Steelers do. They just want to play their younger pass rushers. Um, and then he got traded to the Chiefs. Played nine games with the Chiefs and. Uh, he had uh, two sacks in three postseason games with them and a couple quarterback hits. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that'd be nice. Compare him with Ogba on the other side. You got Jordan Phillips uh, with his hand in the dirt there. Uh, maybe you use Melvin Ingram as a rotating piece or maybe in certain packages to get that extra pressure on maybe some longer distance uh, third downs, third and longs and what have you. Uh, you know, proven player, uh, not from this planet, as he would say. Kind of a strange, very intense guy. Kind of scary. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a good kind player. Of, kind of weird to see him uh, pretty, you know, still. I know he's older and a regressing player, but, you know, he can still be effective. It's weird to see him, like, is, like, Miami, like, the only team that's really, like, really opening to signing him? You mean there's no championship contender out there that would like to pick him up i don't know i don't know i feel like about that point in my career i'd rather just play for a contender i would have just probably go back to kansas city or you know pick one of those other teams that was in the playoffs last year you know cincinnati uh yeah i mean it is weird but i mean if he doesn't have any like suitors then yeah i know you gotta yeah, go he's still you gotta, sitting you gotta, out there no um, no i get no i get it like 
in the end, if you still want to get paid somewhere, you know, you have to go where who's willing to offer you money. I'm just saying, like, I'm just surprised teams also are not like, especially like contenders are not gathering up since you know he'll work for cheap. Yeah, that's true. Um, but but a beep, but a boo. Um, um, all right, they were signed tight end uh, Durham Smythe. Uh, Durham Smythe been a good dude for us actually i think he's grown and grown and grown throughout the years you saw him a lot this past year with Tua dinkin and duncan to him uh out of the backfield sometimes sometimes just out of the, as a tight end in the position uh i think he's a good he was a good part of the offense last year uh and you know they used a lot of him and uh mike gasicki uh throughout the games um uh, I, I like bringing him back I'm fine with it. He's a good player. How come they have not signed Mike Gusecki yet? Stop giving me this crap about, like, they want to see how he does in his offense. Nah, man, that guy's going to be good in any offense. Just sign, re-sign Mike Gusecki already. Yeah, just find a way. Just get it <laughs> It's about him. weapons, bro. Let's find a this way. A find we- a way to use him. Weapons. This is a weapons league, man. You, when you got talented guys like those, you make you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Anything um, else, Mike? Uh, are you scared that uh, Devontae Parker is going to the Patriots? No. Because <laughs> when, when has any team ever been scared of Devontae Parker when they play against us? Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> and besides, it's New England. Um, he is not going to change. She's not going to change life in New England. It's it's not a bad move by both teams. He be he was ending up. Uh, he was going to be he was be expendable anyway after making all these moves. And I and I said it for you. For some time now that he was gonna be he was gonna be gone for the team at some point. I knew he was either gonna be a cap casualty or they would have traded him away. Um, and that's how much they show you how much uh, New England. I mean, how, so how much the Dolphins think about New England when they're willing to trade Devontae Parker to them and even give them a draft pick. They don't find they're they're not they're not keening high on New England's drafting and they think that. Devonta Parker is not going to change life over there. He's a better upgrade than they probably have right now, but it's still not going to be enough. I, I do not like this New England team. I think they've had a terrible offseason so far. And I I think I think letting J.C. Jackson go is going to haunt them for a very long time, in my opinion. And they, well, they uh, I don't know about how long it'll haunt them because they always seem to find some sort of good corner corners, even if they are undrafted. They, they they find a way to find some guys. I don't know. But, yeah, it's a huge loss. He's established. He gets the ball. He's a ball hunt. Continue. No, it's just that, again, you got the rookie quarterback on the rookie cell. Why is in New England making moves? Look, I know New England has historically has always been a – frugal they're, 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 they're like they're maybe not frugal is the right word but they're very stingy with like how they spend their money but it also helped that Tom Brady was always willing to you know take pay cuts and stuff you're not gonna you're never gonna find a guy like that again bro all these guys are gonna be overpaid we just yeah. saw we just saw a guy who's got like 22 civil cases get literally a fully guaranteed deal after not playing last year and may not even play this year and they gave him fully guaranteed money. And but you wouldn't pay you wouldn't pay your established cornerback while you have a rookie quarterback on the on the on the rookie scale. No, I know the Dolphins I, did it. No, exactly, and that's what you should do. If you think you got the guy, you you build around him and invest money around him before you have to pay him. You got a good few years. I really, I really not impressed with this New England. Look, maybe the draft will change things, but I'm not. I don't like. I think New England is going to step back really badly. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think they're. I think they they look like a seven win team right now. I don't see anything special with them. I think Buffalo is just clearly better than them, and I think Miami is going to surprise a lot of people. Being serious, I know Miami's Miami's not very looked upon, looked high upon right now because of you know what people think about Tua, but. I'm telling you, man. I think I think we're gonna surprise a lot of teams this year. Look, this is the first time I'm actually like excited for a Miami Dolphins season in like a long time. 
Like I'm like I'm not like super like my hopes aren't like super high. Like I'm not like thinking like we're gonna go deep in the playoffs or anything. But it's just like I know like like I I'm looking forward to seeing this offense and and I have a I can pretty much guarantee that it's gonna be at least fun to watch. Like that that that's what I've been hoping for. Every every year I've been going in and 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 the last like five years or maybe even longer than that. I've been going into every season being like, yeah, whatever. We'll probably go mediocre. We'll probably miss out on the playoffs. You know, like it's not going to be, it's going to be frustrating. We're going to get our headaches. And, and like it, it's, it's just really hard for me to like, just look on, look on the piece of paper and be like, you know, we don't really realistically have a chance, but this, but this year, like, I think we could like make some noise and make it interesting. And I think people will look at Tua differently. Uh, also getting back to Devontae Parker, uh, no, <laughs> Devontae Parker, like we, we've gone through Devontae Parker being the lead man for an offense before, and we've gone through those frustrations. We've gone through him missing games. We've gone through him getting his soft tissue injuries and we've gone through him, uh, uh, seeing what the offense looks like, you know, without him. And it's not good. And New England is going to invest in him as their number one guy again. They're going to go through the same thing the Dolphins have done. And let's just say, for whatever reason, he, Devontae Parker does happen to stay healthy during, throughout this whole season. He's Whenever he plays the Dolphins, he's still going to have to go against Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Mm-hmm. Probably Xavier Howard, because Xavier Howard's always on, the, always on the number one receiver. And, and Parker is not known to be a physical wide receiver he's more of like a finesse like number one like he he like yeah he'll he'll get open he'll he'll try to like use the slant and maybe his agility and speed and get by you or whatever but when Xavier Howard's checking people and he's got your hands on you it you're not gonna get open it's just mm. not gonna happen and uh and also even if he does get past Xavier Howard he's gonna have to get past Javon Holland so like He's not gonna. It's not gonna be a huge loss, man. Like he is what he is at this point, and that's it. That's it. We don't have to worry about him anymore. He 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 is a good player, but you just you just can't have him as your number one guy. All right. Uh oh. And oh, I forgot. I skipped over this one. The Dolphins gave a a cornerback, star cornerback, Xavier Howard, a five year. $90 million contract. I think there's like $50 million guaranteed in new money or something like that. Uh, he has had the most interceptions in the NFL since 2017 with 27. In his career, he has 27 interceptions, 71 passes defensed, four forced fumbles, and three fumble recoveries. He has also had three defensive touchdowns, two of which came during the 2021 season. Your thoughts on Xavier Howard, Rob? Well, he got what he wanted. He got money. So that's all he wanted, right? So mm-hmm. we're good now. We're not going to have any more complaints. Um, he wants to get paid more. I'm tired. I'm tired of having these conversations. I hate I hate contract conversations with these players, dude. It drives me nuts, bro. Yeah, I think he's happy. Uh, Dolphins promised him last year that – they would revisit the contract situation, uh, give them a new deal or whatever it was, and uh, they stayed true to their word. Uh, so Zayvon ha- Howard should uh, be happy that they also stayed true to their word and also uh, found a deal to get it done. Uh, I think he is happy. Uh, I'm not, you know, like I know we were all frustrated saying like, well, they just gave Zayvon Howard uh, a deal uh, a year or two ago, and then. And then all of a sudden, the following year, you know, he's disgruntled with it and he doesn't like it. Well, you signed the deal. We should honor it. This deal is getting worse all the time. But, you know, deep down, it's about winning football games. Uh, find, to make, find a way to keep your star players. Find a way to make it work. Damien Howard has literally shut down, like, every single number one receiver that he's played against. I, I Like, I, off of recent memory, I can't really think of one that he's really struggled with. Uh, maybe Tyreek Hill. Maybe. Not even sure, uh, but you know, for the most part, he takes away the number one wide receiver. He gets the ball for your team. He's got ton, tons of turnovers. He led the he led the league what the previous year with uh, what ten interceptions. That's amazing. 
And not only that, he he returned a couple of touchdowns this past year and 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 sealed sealed the game for us. He 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 returned one in the Ravens game and then in the first game uh in week 1 when we were up in New England, he he sealed he sealed the win by falling on top of the ball and giving the ball back to to win the offense so they could run out the clock. Like he is a special player. You got to pay to keep special players. You win games with special players. You go far in the playoffs and you know into into the Super Bowl and championship games with special players. You need to find ways to keep them. And like I'm really mad at this fan. Like you know, I was really frustrated with this fans base being like, "Oh, I got him out of here." It's like, dude, it's a passing league. When you have stud cornerbacks, you cannot let go of them because you don't know whether or not you're going to find another one again. All right. That's all I got. Perfect. All right. Uh, uh, I guess till next time, right? Yeah, this was the last. This was a lot better than the the, the episode we recorded on a couple days ago. Yeah, I know. All right. A lot more energy. I love it. Uh, all right. So signing off, guys. Uh, find us on Spotify. Uh, also on Dolphins Talk. We're going to post our episode in the feed there. Uh, Rob, are we going to start uploading our episodes to YouTube? We need to. Do it. Do, Do it. it. All right. All right. Yeah. We're going to create a channel on YouTube. Damn Dolphins on YouTube. All right. Damn Dolphins on YouTube. I like that. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We need more disciples. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network.